Jordy. The next generation of great talk radio, the undisputed leader of the new school. Andrew Wilkow, Sirius XM Patriot phone lines. As always, Wines at 695 Patriot, 957-2874. The email, to spell my name right, W-I-L-K-O-W at WilkowMajority.com. Individual Patriot first, conservative second, Republican third. And working every single day to make this the most popular program offered by Sirius XM Radio because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that is rational thought. So welcome to the Wilkow Majority. I'm Andrew Wilkow. It's a Friday. We don't slow down. We don't back off. We don't take it easy. We go full steam ahead. Three hours of perfectly executed political analysis. And joining me in studio, you've heard him on the phone many times, our friend Steve Hecht. You were speaking at the um, the UN yesterday. I was on a panel. For what? It was about legislation. They want to pass legislation to teach the culture of peace to try to make the world a peaceful place without war. And, okay, that that doesn't, is is there something um, controversial there? Doesn't seem like it to me. Now, you live in Guatemala most of the year, don't you? I do. Didn't Guatemala just have a cartel kill a bunch of soldiers? That just happened uh, the day before yesterday, I believe. So it wasn't a bunch of soldiers. It was, I think it was about four or five. I was traveling, so I'm not really up to date on that. But I understand that uh, some military people were assassinated. Well, it sounds like uh, Guatemala. I know that I know that um, the incoming president uh, is Giamate. Right, Giamate. Uh, he is trying to get out of the deal that Jimmy Morales signed. Oh, I with. don't think so. He says that he's trying to make it better. He announced that he's going to work with Morales. They have an agreement that they're going to work together on uh, making the deal with Trump. Well, I, I, I want them to accept the, 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 the. Uh, title of safe third country but when you have when you have um when you have cartel members killing soldiers it doesn't sound like a very safe country it's not and i'm not sure they were cartel members you know that the uh, obama policy was to uh, give cover to the successors to the Fidel Castro-supported guerrillas. So it very well might have been some of these guerrilla people. They're very nervous now with Jamate because the CSIG, that's the UN Commission, uh, was ended by Jimmy Morales and uh, it was actually ended on January 7th, but they maintained the fantasy that it was still up until September 3rd. And as of September 3rd, there's not even a remote question. It's gone. And so the left now has to figure out how do they put Jamate in a box? Well, see, when I say I hope they accept the the title or the the designation of safe third country, because we're we're, we're watching a debauching of how asylum claims are made. Before you came in here in the last hour, we we had a an Afghan war veteran talking about the number of Afghani's that if Trump is trying to seek a a peace plan with the Taliban, the second we pull out. He said thousands of people who worked with the Allied forces in the United States are going to be slaughtered. And I said, well, that's a legit asylum claim, right? If you work with the American government and there is a there is a wave of murder uh, washing over people who worked with the American government, who supported the American government, put their own lives at risk, that's a legit asylum claim. Saying that Honduras doesn't have any job opportunities, I have to come to the United States, that's not how that works. If you're, if you're fleeing Honduras and you claim there is you know, something there, the government's going to kill you, the next safe country is technically Guatemala. That's true. As far as your asylum claim, even if the country's not so safe in the end. Right. Morales and Jamate have 
objected to calling it a safe third country, and I can understand why they would do that, probably help them avoid U.S. court uh, challenges. But they're talking about only Salvador and Honduras, that people from Salvador and Honduras would have to ask for asylum in Guatemala if, well, the asylum could be in the United States. I mean, the United States could set up a regional processing center in Guatemala and have Hondurans and Salvadorans and even Guatemalans who want to apply for asylum, they could do it right there. But there's, there's a difference between asylum and immigration. If a Guatemalan wants to come to the United States and there's no genocide going on, again, the, whoever may have killed these soldiers, if there is no group of people that are being targeted for their race, their religion, their their ethnic persuasion, their political affiliation, it's just not a good place to be for them. That's not a, an asylum claim. That's an immigration request. That's correct. Uh, 85% of the asylum claims in the United States now are rejected. In other words, 15% maybe qualify for asylum. They're economic migrants, as you said. Economic migrants don't qualify for asylum. And the United States is inviting these people to come. And the Democrats want to keep that flow going. And they know perfectly well that those people are not legitimate uh, asylum seekers. They're not fleeing persecution. But what they want is for the illegal migrants to keep coming. It's part of their political strategy against Donald Trump to paint him as an anti-immigrant racist. This is part of the election strategy for next year. I got to ask, I I think I asked you probably the first time you came on the program, what made you want to move to Guatemala? You did ask me. Uh, I actually didn't want to work in corporations in the United States, and I thought there was opportunity down there, and I went there, and I liked the place, and I stayed. Now, if it's got to be different. I mean, every nation, no matter how dangerous or impoverished, has a, an enclave, right? I mean, there's got to be a nice part of Bangladesh. I know there's a nice part of Haiti. What's it like for American expats who go down there versus... I guess where the real Guatemalans live. Well, I live among them, but you know, like you like you just said, I don't see any of these problems. I mean, I'd have to go out and look for the problems if I wanted to find them. But where I live, it's just fine. And in my forty six years there, I've never come across any discrimination or anybody saying anything negative to me about being an American. But okay, so that's just I, I just I guess I, I guess there's a huge duality then because look we have poor people in this country and we have rich people and we don't have poor people running to Canada going well I'm poor in America can I get into Canada but we have all of these people that are trying to get into the United States as if that is their 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 route to salvation because there's money here there's money in Canada that's right but there's <clears throat> money in Guatemala you just said you live in a nice part yeah but that's for me but for the average Guatemalan that doesn't have job, that is subject to violence. I mean, not violence directed at the individual, but violence in general. So they want to escape the violence. They don't have opportunity, so they leave for the United States. There are already three million Guatemalans in the United States, three quarters of which are legal, and <clears throat> they want to keep coming. So what is their go- What is it? Uh, this is what I don't understand. They, they have democracy, right? They have the democratic process. They True. have a government. They do. We uh, we sent three hundred million dollars to Guatemala for the last year available on uh, on the USAID website. What are these governments doing so wrong? USAID breaks down. We actually it says almost dollar for dollar with civil society and governments, law and order, you know, 
healthcare, education, infrastructure. What are these governments doing so badly that they can't get their criminal elements, you know, under control and get their economy up and running? Well, they have a few centuries of centralization and abuse of power. But that has been made worse since 2010 by the Obama administration. They have used power of the United States government to put in power allies of the successors to the Fidel Castro-supported guerrilla, and they put them in charge of the criminal justice system and of the judiciary. So they protect the successor groups, the guerrillas, out in the border areas, which keeps the flow of illegal drugs and migrants coming to the United States. And Guatemala, as, as uh, uh, Acting Secretary uh, Michalinen of uh, Homeland Security said, Guatemala is the choke point. If you had the right policy in Guatemala, you could seriously reduce the flow of illegal migrants and drugs to the United States, and it would be greatly in Guatemala's interest to do it. And one of the big obstacles, the permanent bureaucracy of the State Department that is still following the Obama policy. I have, I have, look, I have said many times on this program that when, when look, I, I am, I think foreign aid is one of the most abused things that that we do in our budget. I know people say it's only 1%, $300 million. If you can't, and that's not just one year. I mean, we give hundreds of millions of dollars to these countries every year, every single year. It's, it, you know, for a government website, USAID.gov is actually pretty darn good. We, we have to ask our, ourselves if they're not spending it right. In other words, if the problems that they say need money to be fixed and we're giving them money and the problems still persist, well, either they got to do something better to get the money or we just cut it off. Well, it's worse than that. The money is spent to help the Obama policy of turning the country over to socialists. They don't spend the money well. The, the only money they spend well is with security organizations. And that they're spending to try to intercept uh, the illegal flow of drugs. But because of the policy of keeping the... the uh, judiciary and criminal justice in the hands of the allies of these irregular groups, they're actually creating a much greater flow than what they're solving. So the money is being wasted. See, I always say we can't send the money there and they send the people here, right? If we're going to send the money there, the people got to stay there. But if their government is so damned corrupt and is so you know, influenced by the remaining elements of communism in Cuba, why would we give those people money? If they did things the right way, if they apply the law. Is Gibate the right guy? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's... Was he's, Morales the white guy, right guy? Morales was a good man, but he wasn't strong enough. Giamatte, everything he says so far, most of what he says, is good. He wants to create a wall of investment. What they need is investment. That creates opportunity. That's capitalism. That's right. And they need... And, and that's his philosophy. And they need to apply the law, especially in the rural areas. And for that, they got to get rid of the judiciary, the, the corrupt judges in the judiciary, and in the criminal justice system, the public prosecutor's office. They need to get people who will enforce the law. And those people today who do not enforce the law, who protect criminals, they have protection from the U.S. Embassy in Guatemala. Giamate, I read, was, is referred to as a conservative. Define conservative in Guatemala. Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know we have enough time for that. But uh, basically speaking, you got people who are traditional mercantilists, and they call them right-wing, conservative. 
But then you have other people who believe in the rule of law. Mercantilism is not the rule of law. And so what Guatemala needs is people, and now there are plenty of people, there's a, a pretty big movement for real rule of law in Guatemala. And if you had that, and Jamate is saying that that's what he would like to do. If Trump helps him create rule of law in Guatemala, then that's going to be great for Guatemala, and it's going to be great for the United States. But Trump's not going to do it if they throw off the label of safe third country. No, he doesn't care about that. As long as he works with, they work with him, and they will give him the agreement. There's no way. You know, he threatened Guatemala with with putting import duties on its exports into the United States, uh, putting fees for remittances. Guatemala, about 12% of its gross domestic product is remittances from the United States, about $9 billion a year, and visas put restrictions on Guatemalans visas for U.S. travel. Now, they can't resist that. That's that's serious leverage. So Trump will get his asylum agreement. That's not a problem. He's going to get it. They can't say no. And they shouldn't say no. But Trump should recognize at the same time, he's got an even more important thing because the asylum agreement, those are pull factors. So the asylum laws in the United States are pulling People from Guatemala and children, which is awful because they're subject to abuse. And the Democrats claim they don't want to give Trump asylum relief because he mistreats children. Really? You think that that the U.S. government is worse on children than the Mexican cartels that hold them for ransom? I mean, that's nuts. The Democrats live in an alternate universe, and somebody needs to explain to the American public that the Democrats are doing exactly the opposite of what they say. So if, if, if Trump understood that it's his embassy that is helping keep the flow of illegal migrants and drugs going, he could change that. He has some control over that. I mean, I know the permanent bureaucracy doesn't like Trump, but if he pays attention to it, he can do something there. And if the government of Guatemala is prepared to apply the law to its own judges, to its own prosecutors, and then take the law out to the rural areas, especially along the border, where there is no state presence, then Guatemala is going to get a lot better. Great for Guatemala. You'll see opportunity. You'll see development. They don't need money. They don't need aid. All they need is help them establish the rule of law. That doesn't take a bunch of money. All right. One last question. Guatemala, weirdly, was the first nation to to uh, to echo Trump's sentiment of moving the embassy to Jerusalem, correct? Right, I believe Guatemala moved there. Was number two. Was number two. Where did that connection between Guatemala and Israel come from? In 1947, the ambassador from Guatemala to the United Nations introduced the resolution that led to the creation of the state of Israel. They've had good relations since then. There are streets in Israel named Guatemala, named Granados, which was uh, the name of the ambassador. So, but the, why? What was the, back in the forties? What was the the impetus for the Guatemalan ambassador to do that? That I don't know. But I'm they, just curious. I mean, I'm glad he did it, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm it's, a, it's a curiosity. Yeah, I don't really know that, but they definitely had that affinity, and that stayed ever since the creation of the state of Israel. After Jimmy Carter cut off Guatemala from military aid, 
the Israelis are the ones that helped the Guatemalans. Otherwise, they would have fallen to Fidel Castro's communist insurgents. Wow. All right. I got to leave it there. Steve Heck, thanks so much for joining us in studio. And uh, while you were here uh, to speak at the UN, we'll have to get you back on the phone next time. Okay. Great, Andrew. It's great to be with you again. We're right. They're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot.